You're listening to Travel Inspired with Cambria Hotels, a podcast designed to ignite creativity and inspire travel through conversations with the creators who inspire us most. Let us help you plan your next getaway. Greetings, everyone. I am Molly Ballard with Cambria Hotels, and today we'll be spending some time with Heather Freitas, an award-winning mixed media artist. Uh, We'll be exploring art, sustainability, and a story about trial and triumphs. So Heather, thank you for joining today. Please tell us some more about yourself. Hi, nice to speak with you. Um, So ever since I was a child, I knew I wanted to be an artist. I went to school and have an associates in fine arts and a bachelor's in fine arts. When I was in college, all my professors said that we couldn't make a living being an artist, so we should go into a career in the arts, quote unquote. And I kind of like let that stick with me. So when you say you got it started, have you known you always wanted to be an artist? I think there was a really intense experience with an instructor. read about and someone that really kind of gave you some motivation early on in those stages? Yeah, so um, my parents had told me I'd always been drawing since I was a kid and me and my friend had like this little book I think when I I was in elementary school and it was like asking what you wanted to be and I put in there an artist so like since like four or five so I was always drawing and then I asked my parents if they would co-sign on a vehicle for me and they told me they wouldn't unless I took a high school art class. So kudos to them. Um, I did, and I never really did well in school and high school um, academically, but when I had taken an art class, um, I really took to the challenge and it really just intrigued me. So I, I mean, I'm just, I love challenge. And my high school art teacher for my second assignment, she went around and she gave everybody a white piece of paper and a black piece of charcoal which is pretty standard for entry-level art courses. Um, And she stuck a black piece of paper and a white piece of charcoal in front of me and was like, draw in reverse. And I was like, how, like, what? Like, what is this? I don't don't know what to do. And I asked her, I'm like, how do you do that? And she just like figured it out. And ever since then, I was like completely hooked on artwork. So that was one of the foundations of me really becoming very serious and very dedicated to creating. And then as far as career wise, she said something that always stuck with me, that the only way you're ever going to make it as an artist is if you do something different. And I remember and I was like sitting there and I'm like, well, that's impossible. How do you do something different? Everything's already been done. But it really stuck with me. And she went on to say that if a collector of yours were to go into a big room with 100 paintings by 100 different artists and you were to put a piece in there that that collector had never seen, they should instantly be able to pick out your piece of artwork amongst the 100 other pieces. And that really stuck with me as well. And I think we probably all have an appreciation for people like that in our lives that really push us and you know, encourage us to work through those challenges and maybe just see things in a different perspective. So let's uh, fast forward to the present. And, um, you know, it seems like you've explored a lot of different types of medium. You work in a lot of different types of medium. Uh, so what's your favorite and what type of art do you like to create? And have you had any challenges creating during a pandemic as well? I go in like waves of like what media that I really like to use. I always use newspaper, always, just because I find it to be transcendent of past and present and contemporary issues that were going on then merged into what's going on in my life at the moment, telling two tales at once. Also, the idea that everything's digital these days. So 
eventually I'm sure we won't have newspapers anymore. So don't worry, everybody, though. I've got like a huge giant stockpile of newspapers, hopefully for the rest of my life. (laughs) One of the challenges that I faced during the pandemic is I really have learned to work with one particular type of paint within my style and my process. And that particular paint is not like golden or any higher end quality paint. The paint that I use is on the quote unquote lower end, but it's because I love it because it's not a heavy body paint, which I'm really big on like transparencies and layers within it. So during the pandemic, everybody was at home and because it was one of the less expensive paints, it got wiped out completely from the shelves. So I had a stockpile of it because anytime anything's on sale, I just go and like purchase a whole bunch of inventory for supplies. But I had been searching for like one color for the last year and a half and I finally got the color. It finally came back in stock, but the rest are still wiped out. So who would think, you know, I'm like, oh, I work from home. I'm an artist. Like I'm fine and still affected. Still affected. Well, hopefully now with vaccines and operations back up and running, you won't have to worry too much about running out of supplies again. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, so tell us more about uh, the collection you created um, that was centered around a healing process. Uh, I think you had initially posted it on Facebook and then a gallery reached out and uh, for you to enter a recycled arts festival. And then you ended up winning second place. Uh, so tell us why you decided to use some of those recycled and sustainable materials and a little bit more about some of those pieces. Yeah, so that was actually the start of where I am today. Um, I always, like I said, had that notion in my head that I needed to create something different and unique. I had taken a pause from creating art for a while, and I went and purchased some very large canvases from Michaels when they were on sale for Black Friday as a gift to myself. And I purchased five, and I didn't know what to do with them. And then I had broken up with my boyfriend at the time and I was like, well, you know, like instead of me trying to create something like photorealistic, like why don't I just paint from what I know or my experiences and like newspaper, I'm from the Midwest. So like old things, discarded things, like which to me, like newspaper is kind of you know, you read it, you throw it. And I'm, I'm very big on sustainability and the environment and endangered species. So I decided to paint from the heart or like what I wanted to express that I didn't have words for because there's so many words out there, but sometimes like you just can't, there's not a word for a feeling that you have. So I was sitting there and I'm like, I have five canvases and I want to like speak about like my life right now and what I'm going through, like what can I do? And then I was like looking up things in fives and then like all of a sudden the healing process popped up and I was like, oh, perfect. So I created my first piece I believe it was, it was either denial or bargaining was the first piece. And um, I had started creating it and I was just posting pictures of the process of it in process on Facebook and a gallery had reached out to me before it was done. And they were like, Hey, you're using recycled materials. We would love for you to be in this exhibition, which was really cool. Cause it was my first ever art show. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. You know, like super pumped. And that in itself like helped fuel me to create the collection. But when I had finished the first piece, it kind of felt like I had a child. I don't know how else to explain it. 
that was the foundation of my process. Like I sat there and I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is what I've been searching for for like 15 years. Like I found it. So then I really tried to like step back and like look at the process and how I created it. And then that's how the healing process started. And then I really became focused on like really documenting the steps to create that piece. And then it's evolved to where I'm at today. I think that's such a magical thing about art is that it can express in ways in which we can't use our words for. Uh, and I think that's why it, um, you know, affects the people the way it does. And so with some of these materials, so tell me a little bit more about the, the actual physical materials and what qualified to uh, get into uh, the Recycled Arts Festival. So the Recycled Arts Festival, I think you had to use like up to 60% of the material. Those pieces had a plethora of recycled materials in them. Like my bargaining piece had newspaper, paper bags, playing cards, some old ribbon for the sides. And then I hand embroider on my canvas pieces. So that was involved. Some of my pieces have can tabs in them, cigarette wrappers. I mean, everything and anything. And I just think it's an additional statement within everything else with the work with the media that I use to signify also as well, like all these broken, discarded parts that are toxic to our environment coming together to create something beautiful. So I'm really keen on not only like having a message within the piece itself, but the media that's involved as well. And then within those medias, even further symbolism, so they can get pretty heavy. <laughs> and I think it's great. You know, it's like a double whammy. You're, you're, you're expressing, you know, multiple um, different types of, of passions that you have. Uh, and I think we are in such a dire time right now um, to realign a lot of our processes so that we can be, be better stewards of our planet. And actually Cambria has taken some pretty big initiatives to help contribute to some more sustainable practices. Um, so like our room to be green, which includes um, converting light bulbs to LED, uh, conserving water by opting out of the daily linen and towel replacements, um, as well as incorporating some more smart and safe uh, sustainable product usages uh, in the room. So it's these little steps in the right direction um, by expanding these, you know, these environmentally friendly practices and then also through art as well. So let's talk about the Cambria Hotel Downtown Phoenix Convention Center, which features several of your pieces, including the murals predominantly displayed on the side of the buildings. Can you tell us about your process of developing those murals and the inspiration behind them? Yeah, so um, I love that project and I loved hearing about Cambria's initiatives with sustainability. You're right, every little thing does add up. For that project, I wanted to talk a lot about Phoenix and then also sustainability and the human condition and tie the hotel in and all the elements within that. So currently speaking, so even though it's a couple years ago, one of the main things that I wanted to do is tell a story of the past, present, and future, which each one is titled, and they are placed on the building in correspondence with the future to the past from west to east, and then center, of course. But I had used the Cambria palette that they provided for the exterior, and upon further consideration, well, A, one thing that some people haven't realized is all those are me, because <laughs> I didn't I have a model. Ask. I was going to yeah. ask. Yeah, like some people are like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. Um, well, you know, I think uh, the murals, what, what you've done with Cambria, um, with that specific Cambria, 
and what your art is doing um, is so aligned with a lot of Cambria's theme that's inclusivity and also with um, their Cambria's sense of uh, place, sense of space theme. And so something we've come to understand with our guests is that they do want these little connections and truly get a taste of the neighborhood or the city that they're traveling to. And so we like to start that journey, we used to say inside the hotel, but now we can say start that journey outside of the hotel and um, you know really encourage them to discover that hotel story. And so we want to infuse their stay with that taste of the local culture and flavor uh, to really just elevate their travel experience and make it that much more memorable for them. And with these installations, like your mur mural pieces that tell such a deep and meaningful story and all the other uh, fantastic art collection that that hotel displays, it really does connect those guests um, with that area, the, the Roosevelt Row Art District area. So in your opinion, how can art be an avenue to achieve that, that uh, immersing the guest within that hotel experience? Um, something that I really think is true is artists get their inspiration from their life, their experiences, what they see, um, the things they go through. And that's all really connected to the communities that they live in, those experiences that they share. And again, without being able to speak words, I think it really allows people to be able to feel what the people in the community feel and hope for and strive for and the beauty that the native people of that area experience and see and kind of entice them to explore further. I couldn't agree more. So has any of your travel or maybe just experiences in general inspired um, some of your pieces? I'm, I'm sure they have what you've spoken to, but maybe any specific examples? Yeah, so um, I've lived all over, but I spent my high school years in Wisconsin and we had a few acres and the twilight of the forest, I just feel is like so magical. And I think that really inspired my use of recycled materials and connecting with the whole like life cycle and tight knit like needs of different species as far as having a stable planet, everything has its place and exploring like the forests during the summer, you know, when there's like the lightning bugs and like little bunnies and deer and like seeing how everything like works together. And like when it comes to twilight, just this magical hour of like different species and everything colliding at once. Um, I really love twilight because of that, because, you know, the nocturnal creatures are starting to come out and then, and I, maybe that's what inspired all the layers of meanings within my work is just these different facets of these different layers that all come together to create one thing. It is a beautiful time of the day. I think it is so harmonious to yeah. see all those little connections happen right in front of you. Um, so not all of your work is focused you know, on nature and the environment. Um, it's also about giving power to the people and bringing um, more awareness to mental health and maybe other topics that aren't talked about enough. Um, could you share some obstacles or maybe challenges you faced over your career and maybe how you overcame them? I mean, this I started getting really sick when I was like 27 and like most 27 year olds would be like out like partying or dating or trying to build a family and I didn't have that liberty. So by then I'd taken my art seriously. Um, I knew I wanted to make it a career, but it also was helping me speak about things I didn't have words for and it was helping heal me because I couldn't leave the house and I had 
nothing else to do, I turned to my artwork as a distraction from the control I didn't have over my body and my life. And I really just painted 24-7. And when I couldn't paint because I didn't have energy to, I would lay on the couch for days just marketing and researching marketing. But I'm not upset about it because if I wasn't sick and I didn't have these experiences, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I wouldn't have put the time aside. And also, it's really helped me connect with people on a further level. So a lot of my work um, in the last few years has really... A lot of it's very humorous <laughs> because <laughs> humor has really got me by. And so I really want to like help other people get by with humor. But a lot of it's very serious too. And it talks about like mental health and chronic illness because I feel it's really important to help people who feel they're alone. And I think art can do that in ways that words can't even do. And it just creates like this more magic and healing within our community. And I really hope that all my pieces help heal and connect. And even if somebody doesn't have a chronic illness, they might know somebody who does, or odds are they have some mental health issues they're dealing with, and they just feel like they can't talk about them. And I really believe art can heal, and I'm hoping it allows people to understand, to speak their voice. Um, For me, it took me 20 years to get diagnosed. I didn't have anybody who really listened or believed me, but I knew it was in my heart. So I really like my art to remind people to keep speaking your voice and eventually somebody will hear you and somebody will believe you and then eventually the world will hear you. Well, and I think you truly embody the term um, to never give up. And your art certainly reflects that. Um, It's so stimulating and so moving. And I think with the challenges you have and are facing, um, you know, it is possible to find that healing and joy and laughter, just as you said. And I, you know, I hope and I think that's why so many of us do have such an appreciation for the arts. And by listening to this can have an even better and greater appreciation because it, it can heal in so many ways. So you've been in Phoenix for some time now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how long have you been in Phoenix? Um, I moved out here to go to college. So in 2007, so that's 14 years. 14 years. So yeah. How would, how would you describe uh, the local art scene out there? What makes it unique? Well, I'm from Wisconsin, so <laughs> we didn't have much of an art scene. I give a lot of credit to the city of Phoenix for hosting First Fridays, and I think it's something everybody should check out. And I think it's absolutely wonderful that Cambria is right there, you know, close to First Friday. It's a place people can stay. And even after First Friday, they can like go in the hotel and see all this work from local artists and really like delve into the community through the arts. I think Phoenix does a really great job at putting that together and trying to make sure that it will always have a strong art community. It's so intriguing and so powerful. And and First Fridays are amazing. My local hometown also does a First Friday and engages a lot of local artists. Um, And yes, a great way to check out hotels and other small businesses and artists around the area as well. Um, So as you continue to create new pieces day after day, um, where do you continue to look for inspiration in order to keep those creative juices flowing? First of all, I always have too many ideas in my head of things (laughs) that I want to execute. And it's so funny because, like, I always have people – because, I mean, so since 2016, I've sold now over 800 original pieces. And then I have, I think, 420 available in my store. So I've made around – 
almost 1300 paintings since 2016 and yeah and everybody's like where do you get your ideas like don't you get tired and I think it's funny because like there's never enough time like for me to paint what I want like I'll just be like washing the dishes and all of a sudden be like oh like this is something I want to talk about you know like or things that people deal with that you know, like, if people don't really want to talk about, like, I'm just all for it. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about it because it's, like, a real-life thing, you know, and there's humor involved in it. So as far as ideas go, I wish I had more time and I mm-hmm. wish I could paint as much as I wanted to. But I'm really starting to focus more on the mental health and chronic illness and body positivity pieces because... Yes, um, positive self-image is so important. And if it's through art or travel or singing or writing or whatever it is to make yourself feel more confident. We all should because we're all beautiful people. And uh, I love that your art is expressing that. Uh, so it sounds like humans are what gives you your inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> and that's humans great. in society. <laughs> yes, it's, it's so dynamic. So one last question for you. When um, people come to Arizona and specifically the Phoenix area, what are some of your favorite places to find inspiration other than human and society? Maybe there's a place you like to go um, that guests could also enjoy or any just recommendations on things to see and do in that area. I think a lot of people think of the desert as just being dry and barren. And one of the biggest places I get my inspiration from is going out to the desert. It's really symbolic um, of our lives to see this really harsh environment and all of the life that is there. Like it's everywhere. And even like all year, like different flowers will be blooming or cactuses will be blooming. Um, It's just really beautiful to see that even in a very harsh environment that life really flourishes. So there's so many like national parks um, that I really encourage people to go and see, and especially at twilight, because <laughs> I love that time of day. Um, but I think it can really help people realize within themselves and things that they're going through to see the beauty in what's considered a very harsh and barren environment, because if you look close, there's so much life and there's so much color and there's so much resilience to what nature can throw at it. I mean, like last year we had like one of we had like no monsoon, like a very, 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 very dry summer. And yet life still flourished. Things still grew. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the biggest things that I encourage people to do, whether it's going to like Havasu Falls or Antelope Canyon or just going to like Soro National Park. Um, obviously the city and the tourist attractions as well, but immersing yourself in the desert and what it represents within our lives as a whole and the world as a whole. I think uh, Georgia O'Keeffe would agree with you as well. Oh, I love her. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also enjoy the desert. I think it is a beautiful, magical place. So we'll definitely have to encourage our listeners to get out there and check out the desert. I'm sure it's not too far of a drive from the Cambria downtown. No, uh, not at all. Well, I have truly enjoyed this time with you and getting to know you and learn about your journey. Um, I appreciate you sharing all of your stories with us. Um, And so please check out Heather Freitas's gallery online at heatherfreitas.com. And I believe for every painting that you sell, um, you still donate um, part of the funds um, to a nonprofit that helps plant trees. 
Um, I have like, I partner with them for the option to plant trees as well. We've done like a lot, like I want to say like thousands. Um, But then also like whenever I do like um, public art projects, I always have additional like different charities that I work with as well as sending or selling like the prints and the originals. Um, So I think like the last one I did was Fresh Start for the Valley Metro, which helps women in the community get back on their feet. So I'm always running different fundraisers um, for the community because I feel that's a further step that art can help with healing. It is, it is. Well, thank you so much. Uh, We appreciate your time and we hope to see everyone in Phoenix. Thank you for listening to Travel Inspired with Cambria Hotels. We hope you're feeling inspired to plan your next getaway, explore a new destination, or rediscover local attractions in your own backyard. Visit choicehotels.com slash Cambria to book your next adventure. We look forward to seeing you soon at Cambria Hotels.